Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7 online or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. And you're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea. The following is a fourth-hand production. Good evening, ma'am. Hey, y'all. What can I do you for? Can I have a glass of Chardonnay? I'm sorry, darling. We don't serve that here. Any Merlot? I'm pretty sure you don't want these feet going nowhere near them grapes. Alrighty, how about a craft beer? Oh yeah, we got plenty of craft beer. Which one you want? No, not craft beer. Craft beer. Oh, no, hell no. I'm, I'm pretty sure the bar down the street serves that. Okay, well what do you serve? I'm glad you asked. Welcome to the Backwoods Barcast. We serve up moonshine, cheap beer, bottom shelf liquor, and stories even harder to swallow. Join Nick and Brittany and the janitor Stephen as we discuss southeastern mysteries and mayhem, including but not limited to UFOs, true crime, the paranormal, and much more. So knock four times, grab a stool, let the bar talk commence, and as always, drink more beer. Hey guys, welcome on back to What the Suck episode, I don't fucking know. What? No! You suck! Hey guys, welcome all back to What the Suck, episode 17 for your ass. I'm talking to all y'all out there, especially you. Yes, you in the back with the hoodie on, you smell like cheese, you're by yourself, you're lonely, ain't got no friends, I'm talking to you especially. What's up guys, I'm Chris. And I'm James, what's up bitches? That's right. So we are super excited because uh, today's episode is all about the movie, the 1975 made for television. Made for TV up in and this bitch. Anthology film horror called trilogy of terror now james you've seen this i have but it has been ages and yes. all i remember about all i remember from it some crazy ass little african doll yes and fine ass karen black karen black so hot she is very hot yeah so this is actually this is this is neither a forgotten um nor is it really a bad bad movie it's still kind of bad yeah because made for television so it's not going to be all that scary but this is kind of a classic. People, you talk, you mentioned Trilogy of Terror to like... People know what the fuck it is. People my age and older, and they're like, I know what that is. I remember the doll. 
Remember that shit? So, yeah, I would. I would more chalk this up to forgotten and shitty. But then again, when we get to the review, and I am reminded of the content, we yes. will see if I maintain that particular opinion or if I have to uh, trash this motherfucker. If if, if, <laughs> if your if your nostalgia was was too blind or or yeah. too was yeah. out there was too much. Well, you know, when you're a little boy watching trilogy of terror and Karen Black makes you a little pee pee hard, you know, you can't help it. <laughs> Damn, you, know, you like her? Holy shit! You don't give a fuck. You know. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, so with that <laughs> Well, I I've, I've got to say that I am a huge penis. No, I, I am a huge Richard, Richard Matheson fan. <laughs> I am a huge Dick Matheson fan. I'm a huge dick. Um no, I, I love Richard Matheson. I, I love his stories. I love his books. Um uh, I actually did not know about the movie before I actually read the short story that the Zuni doll one is based on. Yeah, okay. And I read the short story. It was great. Yep. It was fantastic. It was, it, was, it was intense, and it was terrifying. And, and I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to to watch this. I, I've seen this maybe once, like, I think 10 years ago, whatever. Um, yep. But all of these short stories, the three short stories, are all based on horror stories, individual short stories written by Richard Matheson. Nice. So, now, also... Before I get into the synopsis and all that shit, I want to get a little bit into Richard Matheson. I'm so excited. I keep stumbling over my words because I can't wait to talk about this fucker because I love this guy so much. <laughs> this guy is a super huge, influential writer. This guy has written some of the some of the best stuff out there. Now, his movies have been made. Movies have been made about his his stories, but they've been kind of shit. Okay. But. Let me tell you. Which happens a lot. It does. A lot of really great authors' work are destroyed. And yes. since we do horror, a prime example that we've mentioned before, because we actually did one of his movies on here, was Stephen King. Yep, Stephen King. Fantastic horror writer. Yes. His books are fantastic. When they put his work on screen, they fuck it up. Right. Almost every damn time. Almost every time, yeah. A few exceptions, Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Um, even though he didn't like it, I thought the original Kubrick Shining was great. Yeah. King didn't like it, but I thought it was good. Um, and Axe is so much scarier than the damn cro- uh, Croquette Mallet. Yep. Um, but then you have such masterpieces like The Mist. The Mist was great. You like The Mist? The, the, TV, the original movie? Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. Frank Darabont, oh my god, that ending yeah. had is a gut punch. It was amazing. <laughs> but yeah. the monsters, the monsters I guess, were great. You know what? I guess that's what bothers me most about Stephen King is the monsters. When they bring the monster, the whole damn movie is fantastic until they bring out the monsters. I thought I don't the know monsters why. were the monsters because well, I again I, I, I read the book. You know what? I I have to digress. I have to I have to back that up for a second. Okay, I do take it back. Like Silver Bullet. Oh, great favorite. That's Great. one of my favorites of his. Great. Even on the movie screen, it wasn't bad. Right. Werewolf was a little weird looking. Yes. But fantastic. Oh, shit, I loved it. Now, let me tell you. The novelette that was based on, uh-huh. Cycle of the Werewolf, amazing. Super short, but has great fucking artwork in that thing. Nice. Oh, my God. Okay, go on. No, I'm good. Okay. Yeah, so <laughs> so that being said, um, yes, I thought Mist was fantastic. Again, another movie in which... Now this movie was one of the uh, different exceptions. Stephen King's ending in the and I read the Mist, the uh-huh. the short story is based on, great fucking short story. He his ending was different from the movie. I don't remember how his ended, but it wasn't the same as the movie. After he saw the change that Frank Darabont did to the ending, he is quoted as saying, 
he had wished he had written that ending. Really? That, that's how good the fucking ending is. No. Do, you, do you remember the ending? I do remember the ending. He yeah. kills his family, and as soon as he but does But why did he that, kill his family? He kills his because family. Because they were doomed. But he, because they the heard. Monst- the monsters were closing in. They saw the vibrations. They, they, they knew at that point he when there's vibrations. He didn't want his family to get killed in that way. There's so monsters. He took, he took them out so they wouldn't suffer death right. at the hand of the monsters. And then the fog clears all of a sudden, the mist dissipates and here comes the army right and they've done run all the bugs off or killed them exactly and, but you got, and you got, then he's devastated I yeah mean, that's, he's devastated because because he he thought they were all going to die a horrible death he even tried to kill himself yeah but he ran out of bullets yep but then the the army comes in and he's absolutely horrified because he killed his little boy it all because he he wanted to spare them from a horrible more horrible fate that's true yeah. amazing ending well, like i said i did watch it but i i, I guess it's just to me sometimes the monster's a little hokey and that, that's, that's kind just of the, me. That's kind that's of the point me. too. His, his, especially in the mist, because there's such yeah. giant, crazy monsters. I mean, giant bats in a damn sawmill, shit yeah. like that. I don't even remember what the name of that movie was. That was uh, Night Shift. That was Night also Shift, yeah. a crazy fucking movie. Yeah, uh, I'm a huge Stephen King fan, both <laughs> film and and book. Uh, just like Matheson. Let's get back yep. to Matheson. So yeah, let me let's get back on track. Sorry, bro. One of his most famous books, one of my absolute favorites, is I Am Legend. Great now, movie. Which one? There's been three. Well, the only one I ever saw was Smith. Okay. Now, I will go on a diatribe on that because I thought that movie was the closest to the novel except for the ending. Hmm. Now, the ending was pure Hollywood bullshit. Yeah. But from what I understand, there is an alternate ending to that movie, which is much closer to the book. Release the Snyder Cut. Oh, shut the fuck up. Now... The original, the original version of that was a 1954 science fiction film called *The Last Man on Earth*, featuring Vincent Price in the role of the the, the scientist. Okay. After that was the Charlton Heston the 70s movie *The Omega Man*. Yes. That was, that was based on it. Yes. And then the Will Smith one. The book, the actual book itself, is fucking fascinating because it the 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 main character in the book is not really a scientist. He's just a normal person. He has some some uh, intelligence though. Mm-hmm. When he's the only person on Earth, he spends his days uh, finding vampires, killing them, but also testing theories on them. One of the things that I thought was interesting in the book was that he tests different vampires of different religions. For instance, he he finds out that vampires that are Jewish are not affected by the cross because really? they're Jewish. Ah, yes. Uh, he tests so their blood. So you hit him with the six pointed star, I right? Guess, right. And then the. The dog storyline in the book is so much more heartbreaking than the movie. Really? Oh, my God. It just crushed well, I mean, my heart. I mean, well, even the movie was heartbreaking. Because right. Because you don't ever like to see the dog die. No. Like I said, that's our number one sin here on this show. Exactly. Don't kill the dog. But or in, animals, period. People, the, who cares? But animals knew. In the book, the dog is a stray that he, takes him months of trying to coax with food before the the dog will not come near him because he's so afraid because he's been uh, on his own for so long surrounded by monsters doesn't trust anything doesn't trust anything looks human yeah takes him months to coax him to food he finally gets him to let him come near him he feeds him he takes him in that night the dog dies get yeah gets bit by something no right? no, 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 no 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 I'm talking about in the movie in, in the book not in the oh, movie in the book in the book in the book because in the movie he's already a pet yeah in the that's book true. that's right in the book he's just a stray that he he finally sees one other living thing that's not a a, a vampire in in the book. Okay. okay, he takes it takes him months to find his companionship to get him to trust him enough. He finally trusts him. The, he brings the dog in. The dog just dies. 
Oh, fuck that. Heartbreaking. No, nope. he doesn't get bit, doesn't turn into a vampire. He just dies after months. Then, in the book, he comes across another human being during the daytime that he chases down and tries to get to, to communicate with. He finally communicates with them. Turns out she's a vampire. She's Ugh. a spy. They, they arrest him. They take him into a jail. He finds out that the entire time that he's been trying to survive, and that now there are vampires that come to his house every night mm-hmm. that are lower lower intelligence that are just trying to get blood. Yep. While he, all these years he's been he's been doing this, the vampires have created their own society. They have working society with rules and government and all that. He is the nighttime boogeyman for the vampires' children. No shit. Because during the day, he will go out and he will kill as many vampires as he can. Oh, So, when he's shit. arrested, when he's arrested, he he is going to be executed. The woman that he thought was a person that trapped him comes into his cell at the end. Says, look, they're going to execute you in front of the public. You will become our monster. You are a boogeyman. Our people are scared as shit of you because you kill us. Here are some pills. They're cyanide. You can take the easy way out if you want. Before he takes the pills, in the last in the book, the last few pages, he looks out of his jail cell. He sees a crowd of vampires outside the fence. He sees the fear in those kids' eyes, and he realizes he has become the boogeyman. He is legend to them. Damn. It is absolutely powerful, so much more than a Hollywood explosion. I thought you said he was going to knock boots, not take poison. Yeah, but you no, know no, what? No. That's all right. Yeah. Anyway, because that's super that long. Does, that sound, no, that's it's, okay. It's a it's fast, cool. super long diatribe on that. I love that story. Now, he's also done multiple stories which have been turned into Twilight Zone episodes, including the infamous Night- Nightmare at 20,000 Feet with William Shatner. Yes. He wrote that There's one. There's something on the wing. Some thing. Thing. That's right. Which was later made into the, added to the <laughs> 80s Twilight Zone movie with John Lithgow, which scared yes. the shit out of me as a kid. That scared the holy fuck out of yes. me as a kid. And then... They made a common reference to both of their roles and, and both of their parts, you know, playing that guy on the plane yeah. in an episode of Third Rock. Perfect. When Shatner came back as the big giant head and they That's go to amazing. meet him at the airport and he comes off the plane. He's drunk, of course. Yeah. And he goes, I'm doing great, man. It was a good flight, but I swear there was something out there on the wing. <laughs> That's fantastic. And Lithgow's character goes, what? <laughs> that happened to me too. <laughs> I'm beautiful. I mean, and, and I don't even know who would get that reference. Yeah, very few people would. But, but I got it instantly, and I died laughing. That was, it was brilliant. Freaking awesome. Fucking brilliant. Uh, he also wrote the story that would become the short Steel, which was also made into a movie not too long ago with um, Hugh Jackman about ah, the fighting robots. Yes. Um, he's also that was him. That was him. He wrote that. You got to be kidding me. Uh-uh. Real Steel was his. It was his baby. Was based on his on his original his short story. Yep. No shit. And yep. I love that fucking movie. Now, he why also... are we doing this movie, man? We're gonna. Well, we may have to be nice to this. Movie. Well, we'll get to it. <laughs> so he's done several adaptions of Edgar Allan Poe movies. Um, he his nineteen seventy one short story Duel, uh, would be directed by a then unknown young Steven Spielberg, uh, as his first television film later that year no shit uh seven of his novels and short stories have been adapted as motion pictures the shrinking man which was filmed as the incredible shrinking shrinking man hell house filmed as legend of hill house i've read hell house great great book what dreams may come bid time return filmed as somewhere in time with christopher reeve no shit mm-hmm. that's was his that was his also I, later oh, he just hit you just hit a good one for me because i fucking love that movie somewhere yeah. in time 
Uh, not horror. Nope. I know this is off the subject, but if anybody hasn't seen that movie, I really recommend it. I mean, because I was a huge Christopher Reeve fan yeah. anyway as a kid, because mm-hmm. Superman was the shit to me. Still is. I yeah. love Superman. Love his movies. He'll always be the Superman The to Superman me, for you. No matter what, whoever came before or after. But, yeah, the, that movie somewhere was in time. brilliant. I now, loved it. It was also remade later with, with uh, Robin Williams as What Dreams May Come. Now, he also wrote the story A Stir of Echoes, which became a movie with with Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Bacon, which I actually thought was a good movie. You can only watch that movie once, though. Yeah, you can. Cause in... You watch it more You watch it more than once. The, the whole, it wrecks everything. But it is highly entertaining. Yes. In the first run. The first view. run through. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Steel, as we mentioned, was filmed as real steel. Yeah. And Button Button, which was filmed as The Box, which I believe came out not too long ago. Was that the one with, uh, what's your face, the blindfold obsession stuff? Cameron Diaz and James Marsden. Yeah. Nope. Nope, that ain't no, it. Never mind, that's not it. Hang the on. The one I was thinking about was with uh, Sandra Bullock. No, that's Bird Box. Oh, fuck. That, that's a network. Bird Netflix. Box, The Box, whole, what's fucking different? Whole different fucking thing. <laughs> whole different fucking thing. Okay, so, uh, yeah, so, yeah, he... He is. Um, he also wrote the teleplay for the Night Stalker, one of two movies writ- written by Matheson, directed by Dan Curtis, which would later become the TV series Kolchak the Night Stalker, which is a great TV series. Which is referred the Night Stalker is actually referred to in our California episode on State of Fear. Whole different Night Stalker, but same whole yeah, different same name. Yeah, <laughs> nothing to do with that whatsoever. Oh shit! Never mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because the Night Stalker we're referring to is Richard Ramirez, the killer, not Kolchak, the Night Stalker, who is a report. Have you, have you seen Kolchak? No. You haven't seen Kolchak? No. Holy shit, dude. Motherfucker. Okay, it's the predecessor <laughs> to shows like like the X-Files, shit like that. He is, okay, Darren, uh, damn, what's that dude's name from? Um, um, I got a job, motherfucker. I ain't got time to watch all this TV. Darren McGavin, <laughs> the dad from For Christmas Story. Christmas Story. I know, I know who he is, yeah. He is a reporter who gets pulled into doing stories about supernatural entities. He what? ends up chasing a werewolf, a vampire, all kinds of shit. It is amazing. What yes. in the fuck? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you've well. got to check it out. Okay. I'm getting super excited because I fucking love Matheson. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but you can find his shit anywhere. Like, his his short stories uh, have been all over the place. I think they've done some for, like, the, the Creep Show and the Tales of Terror type of thing as yeah. well. Um, they're all over the place. He He's influential to people like uh, uh, Stephen King and, and so on and all that. But, okay, the movie. Trilogy of Terror is three tales. Now, the tales are as follows. Uh, Julie, Millicent, and uh, Therese and amelia so what are they about well i am gonna tell you hang on (laughs) let me see if i can find uh so director dan curtis presents his 1975 collection of horror based on one woman playing four roles in three bizarre stories karen black's performances in trilogy are considered legendary today first one julie julie eldridge karen black is an english teacher who is being blackmailed by one of her students chad uh, robert burton with whom she had an affair. After ending the relationship, Chad finds himself igniting a situation that he may not be able to end ever. Millicent and Therese. Millicent, Black, and Therese, Black, are sisters. After Millicent reveals Therese's, Therese's, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but I don't care, provocative past to her new boyfriend and drives him away, she begins to fear for her life. To protect herself, Millicent takes matters into her own hands and the two sisters end up tangled in a spell of witchcraft with deadly consequences. Amelia. Amelia, Black, 
A 32-year-old woman who is dominated by her mother just purchased her new boyfriend a Zuni hunter doll described in a scroll as He Who Kills. According to legend, if the chain around his waist is ever removed, an evil spirit will be unrestrained. When Amelia gets the doll home, she accidentally loosens the chain after a fight with her mother on the phone and unleashes a raging beast with only one intention. To kill. It is very bad to steal Jobu's rum. Mm. He's very bad. Fuck you, Jobu. I do it to myself. That's right. <laughs> okay. If you don't have uh, that um, reference, post it and let us know. Send nope. us a comment. Yep. All right. So that's what it's about. The Rotten Tomato rating, uh, even though it came out in the 70s, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has 11 professional reviews for a 91% rating. Damn, dude. That's too high. But 5,179 audience reviews for only 57% rating. Well, shit, there's no accounting for that. So this most likely is a case of the professional reviewers having too much nostalgia. Probably so. Yeah. So uh, rating system, refer back to our older episodes. Basically, it's a reverse uh, inverse scale. Uh, one to five, shit emojis. One being the best, the ones that you're going to keep in your queue, hang on to, watch over and over, bring friends over, show it to your friends. Five being the worst of the worst, the shit that you're going to watch once and then wish you never watch it, and maybe use some some pot or some LSD, <laughs> uh, get a Negan bat and hang and, and bash yourself in the head with it. Go jump in a live volcano, head first, of yeah. course. Yeah, everything else in between is just a varying, like a very degree, like a, a, a what do you, what'd you call it, a... Well, let's put it this a way. A sliding scale of shit. A sliding scale of shit. Steadily, and as it gets worse and worse, more and more alcohol is required to ease the pain. Perfect. Yes. You know, what else? how else can you explain it? All right. Well, with that being said, let's go ahead and get into the review. Let's do it. Bring on Karen. Karen! Bring, Karen, you fine ass Karen, bitch. Karen, where's the money, Karen? Where's the money, Karen? major star creates a television first. There's a golden chain wrapped around it to keep the spirit from making the doll come to life. Face. To face. To face. With the unbearable unknown. Trilogy of Terror. Alright, so Trilogy of Terror should be called Trilogy of Boredom. Well, I don't know. I'm yes. too busy staring uh, at Karen Black the whole time. You asshole. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to be watching the movie so that we can review it I instead. Watching was, the movie. He was back to your 14-year-old self watching the girl. 12. Pants getting all tight. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, okay. So it's three parts. First part is called... Uh, Julie. Julie. Uh, Karen Black is a college professor. Yes. Who teaches something I don't know what. I don't care. I think it is literature because she is speaking of authors and things. Again, I don't care. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. (laughs) But we're introduced to our protagonist, which is dude who I will call... Chadwick. uh, His name is Chadwick. I will call Creepy Rapist. There you go. Creepy Rapist. Uh, He is interested in her and wants to date her. But uh, she's not interested in him at all because she has class and taste. And so she pretends to be, exactly. So Let's not give it away just yet. But yeah, she pretends <laughs> to be. 
not interested in him. And so he pursues her. He, he, he talks to her a couple times outside of class, finally convinces her to go to a drive-in movie. Gets to the drive-in movie. Is looking at her the whole time. Creepy as fuck. And and it is a horror movie on screen, but you can't tell what. I think it's like Dracula or something. I don't know. It, it's some black and white piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah, something we watch. So uh, they're, she's watching it. He's watching her. And then he asks if, if she would like something. She says, well, I will take a drink. So he goes out to get her a drink. <laughs> proceeds to put something in her drink. Of course. As all classy men do. Yeah, All I didn't gentlemen. know. I didn't know roofies existed in the seventies, but oh, I guess yeah. they did. They've been around forever. He, he, like all men of the gentle persuasion do. They, he drugs her drink. She mm-hmm. passes out. <clears throat> so we think. Um, he gets. He drives her to a motel, which is 15, classy move in itself. Fifteen dollars a night. What a deal. Fifteen dollar two buku. That's right. And proceeds to lay her on the bed, uh, undo her hairdo, and. Under her clothes and start taking pictures. Now this is made for TV, so no good stuff. No, no rescue titties. No, no. nothing. Just a scene of him. Uh, he has her on the bed. He takes a bunch of pictures, and then you see him approach her, undoing his shirt, and then it fades, fades to out. Black. Which means that it's supposed to mean that he raped her. I guess. Yeah, because he's a classy guy. Again, we, we reiterate: so. douchey McDouche face is a classy guy. So. Next, uh, then, then that cuts the next scene. He's driving her home. He gets yep. to her house, pulls up, and right as he pulls up, she wakes up. Of course, he slams on the brakes, sending her head flying forward. And yeah, because he because snaps her to snaps her awake. Right, and he convinces her at that point that she just fell asleep, and he let her sleep because she's been working so hard. So he just wanted to let her sleep. Yeah, and she apologized for being such a boring date. And I'm sitting there going, mm, Yeah, you weren't. Uh, no, no. <laughs> So you weren't, you weren't born a half hour ago, but that's all right. <laughs> he he then uh, goes home and develops all his creepy ass pictures. Of course, because he is awesome. And then the next day, he calls her up and says that he wants her to meet him somewhere. That he wants to show her something. She meets him, and he proceeds to show her the pictures that he took. Yeah. So he is now going to blackmail Thinks her. He has her over a barrel. Mm-hmm. Yep. And. So then the next scene is they are at the school. She's teaching a class. He passes her a note. The note says, and I quote, come after school. I want to run a train on your ass. Pretty much. Some, I have some friends I want you to meet, a.k.a. Right. We gonna, line it up. We're going to take turns. We're going to run the train. Sloppy yep. third, some dirty, nasty. some 30 seconds, some nasty shit. Uh, she freaks out, <laughs> cancels class. Goes back to her home, talks to her roommate who says that there's a student bothering her, but she, or something's bothering her, but she has to go out. So she goes out, ends up at his house. Now, at this point, everything has been, the the male has been the protagonist. He's been the one, quote unquote, calling the shots. Yeah, Mr. Cool here, Mr. Yeah. Ego, Mr. Aquavella Geek. Yeah. And they get, they're, they're at his apartment. He's, you know, he's classy. He's got a drink. He's got his shirt unbuttoned, showing his chesticle hair. And... <laughs> <laughs> and She's just walking around with her hair all down in a robe, and all of a sudden, just from I don't know where, out of fucking nowhere, she says, "That's it, I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm done with you." And you're like, "What? What the fuck?" And then he starts to gag slowly but surely, because you know he she hands him a drink and all this drinking it. You know this appearance of servitude and right. You know, like you're gonna do what I say. You're gonna wait on me hand and foot. Well, anyway, 
She gets after him, and he starts to gag. She's telling... I mean, he's doing this stupid, slow death. (laughs) She's telling him that all this time, all the shit that he went through was not his idea. Said, look at here, micro penis. You didn't think all this shit (laughs) up. Little little dick. You thought you were running the game. I was running it. I've been running the game the whole fucking time. So this motherfucker dies. She drags his ass into his photography room Mm -hmm. and torches the fucking place. Yep. And she, then, but she tells him that she's done it before. Oh yeah, she's she says that bored. she does until she gets bored, and then she, she gets rid of the of the dude. So then and you're like, what the fuck? So she burns the house down. Yep. And then you go back to her apartment, and her roommate comes up to her talking. And she's pretending to be sad. She's reading this fucking newspaper. It says student dies in fire and blah 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 and all this shit. Roommate leaves. She cracks the. She, you know, she gets that shit eating grin on her face. She opens up a book Open, of memories. Opens up the book of memories, cuts the article out, and proceeds to tape the article in the book along with other articles in there. All these other students who have mysteriously died. So yeah. Apparently, she's a serial Julie killer. Is a serial killing bitch. That's right. Then it's a knock on the door, and she answers it, and it's some new young punk who. Yep. Saw said he saw a her her post on the board. He needs help being tutored, and she can help. She can start right now, and she looks him up and down like we're gonna be good friends. And see the thing is, but what it is, they don't explain whether she just kills him or if she only kills the egotistical fucks because this kid ain't nothing like the other one. But who cares? Well, she did say before she killed Douchey McDoucheface, she said that there was. A kid in Denver that she liked a lot because yep. he liked to explore and he was different. Ah. But still got bored and still killed him, so still, she, she kills still him. Still knifed his ass. Okay. Yeah. End of movie. End, end of well, segment. End of segment, thank you. Yes, end of segment. Then we proceed to... Number two. Millicent, Millicent and, and Therese. Ther- and Therese. Yes. This is a much weirder, uh, I don't I guess, a little more boring segment. Yeah, little, even little, more kind boring. Of a little bit of a letdown here. They, they, they were trying to go for a whole thing, but like, so the movie starts off, or the movie, the segment starts off with this girl looking at a home movie, and she's watching, and she's reminiscing, and yada yada bullshit, and then she cuts to a scene where she's talking to somebody who's a family friend, apparently, and she's talking to him about her sister. She's This is Millicent, by the way. She looks yes. like a librarian. Dressed down, no lipstick, ugly glasses, Very hair in a bun. shitty Harry Potter round glasses. Yeah. <laughs> and that's this is Millicent, and so the the family friend comes in, and she's talking to him about her sister Therese, who is a slut. And apparently, and, this guy likes Therese, though. Yes, and apparently. she's running him down. She's running that bitch down left and right, talking all this shit. Saying apparently, there's like books on like voodoo culture and satanism in her her she's her possessed library. by the devil her soul is damned and, and i can't help her anymore but i can help you you need to step the and, fuck off basically. and dirty and shit and then he tells her that i forget what he tells her but it doesn't matter but she goes to write <laughs> in her diary all about how how teresa's a hoe scribbles scribbles because i was actually trying to read what she was writing and she's literally scribbling Bullshit. Nothing legible. Now, I'm, I'm sorry, but that was only that was just something I noticed. It yeah. was funny. I was like, oh, Jesus. So then she proceeds to call her therapist, her psychologist, who is... Commandant Lassard. From... <laughs> police Academy. From the Police Academy movies. Yep. I don't even know what his freaking name is. I don't know it. either. We just call him Commandant Lassard. 
So <laughs> she calls him to tell him that that Teresa's out of control. Ugh. He shows up at the house. Then we are then treated to Karen Black playing quote unquote Therese yes. in a long blonde wig, red skirt, white top, acting like a slut. And it was at this point where I guessed it yet again. Yep. That's sometimes what I hate about when I watch movies, I can guess what the fuck's going on. So, but I will not say anything yet. Yeah. And so the the therapist is trying to talk to her and she's not listening. She wants to do what she wants, wants to be wild and free and enjoy her life and and that her sister is a downer. Now, for the record, I do like slutty high-heeled mini skirt Karen Black. All right, noted. That is noted. <laughs> that is on the podcast. That is staying as out there forever. I like it. And Karen, if you're listening just by freak chance, she's still alive. Give me a call. She's still alive? I hope. Okay. And so then <laughs> she's still alive. <laughs> so then she proceeds to go upstairs because she's going to give Millicent a, 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 what's on her mind. And she knocks on the door. And we cut to the room, and Millicent's in there writing on her her her, uh, her diary. Then it cuts back to um, Therese knocking on the door. She opens it, and Millicent's not there. And so she lays down on her bed and passes out. Next yep. day, uh, Millicent is outside, and she's a little girl who's a neighbor. And she walks up to her. She's crying. She says, what's wrong? She says, Therese broke my doll. And... Shows her the doll, and the doll's not broke. The doll's got a big old chunk missing out of its fucking head. Are we boring you, James? You're not boring me at all, brother. Well, what are you doing? I'm trying to make sure she... Nope, she dead. Oh. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> That's staying in. That is staying in. Damn, she that dead. staying in. <laughs> she died August 8th, 2013. I am depressed. She's... Dude, she's... Son not... of a bitch, but she was born in 39, so she's been like 90 years old. Damn, she... <laughs> She's fucking seven years dead, dude. She's dead. <laughs> okay. Fuck. Moving on. <laughs> so she Damn it. The little girl proceeds to show the doll. My twelve year old heart peepee <laughs> just shriveled. <laughs> fucking over. Oh, Damn it. Ugh. Do you need a moment? I need a moment. Alright, moment of silence for James Peepee. <laughs> <laughs> Let us continue. <laughs> okay. So Damn then, it. So then, uh, yeah, so little neighbor girl's crying because Therese broke her doll. The, the doll has a big old chunk missing out of its head. It's like a porcelain head doll. It's got <laughs> a big old piece missing out of its head. Yep. Like she just took it and bashed that bitch out. Uh, then Therese says she'll buy a new doll, whatever, end of scene, who gives a shit. Uh, so then, that's when Millicent decides she's had enough. She's going to use Therese's practices against her. Yep. Pulls out the voodoo doll book. Yep. And grabs some nail clippings from out of the ashtray, ashtray, which, which is how, nasty What the fuck shit. are they doing in the ashtray? I don't know, but fin- they're finger, in there. Fingernail trimmings, uh, trimmings is where I you guess. put them, I guess. Back in the 70s where you put them. I guess. Uh, then then hair from a hairbrush. Yep. And a couple of buttons from her favorite uh, slutty, uh, slutty dress. Slutty dress. Yep. And creates a voodoo doll. Puts a little whammy bammy on her. A little whammy bammy. And then uh, pulls out a pin that she had, apparently, and... Then the scene cuts away, and Commandant Lassard comes to the house <laughs> <laughs> and goes upstairs. And what does he find but Therese dead next to the voodoo doll? Even still looking fine. Dead, looking fine. but still look fine. Her rack is just ending straight up. Damn it, why is she dead? She dead because she old as fuck, dude. So then he proceeds to call the amp, the ambulance, and the ambulance shows up and talking to him. And he's like, do you know who she is? And he's like, yes. I know who she is. She's a, uh, a family friend. I've treated her for years. And proceeds to, he said, her name is Therese Millicent 
whatever her last name was. Which brings me back to the point that I was going to di- going to divulge earlier, which was I guessed it about three minutes into this thing mm-hmm. once they introduced both the characters that she was a split personality. Yep. So she was her own worst she, enemy, her own sister. That is correct. So she took her own ass out. Which means that she died. She she died of a nocebo because she her mind believed so much that her sister was real and that voodoo was real mm-hmm. that when she created the doll and stabbed her her mind killed herself it's like to say like i'm saying when people fall in dreams if you if right you, if you actually hit the ground you die in your sleep right like you most people wake up if they're falling they don't actually ever hit yeah but they said if you die in your dreams sometimes you die in real life or you, your system right because takes the, the, the shock and, the power suggestion is real yeah is powerful or you have a heart attack because you scare yourself so bad or some shit. Because like see, that. see like, like a placebo is, you know, it's like a sugar pill. Yeah. You don't know a sugar pill. You think it's real. Your mind tells you it's actually, it. so a lot of times it actually works for you. That's it. But you're taking something. A nocebo mm-hmm. is where you're not actually, like, there taking you something. Go. But the power suggestion is in there in your mind. So, end of story. She's dead. She's the same person. And it was quite a boring segment. It was a boring. Another, I mean, another. Yeah, looking at her running segment. around in her heels and her skirt for the brief moment was nice. But I mean, other no. than that, seeing Commandant Lassard was funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Actually, I will have, I have to give that because we were making Mahoney jokes the whole fucking time. So it was, you know. <laughs> but he was serious the whole time, which was not fun. No, no, no. Um, so then the final one is, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> The final segment is Amelia. Amelia. I don't know why they just called it by the first name. They could have called it something else, but that's okay. So we see Amelia Uh approaching her apartment, coming in, looking, actually, best looking looking of all the segments. (laughs) This entire movie, James's pee-pee's been hard the whole movie. (laughs) Well, shit. (laughs) So Okay, so then she she gets home. She has this big-ass box. She opens it up. It's this... Little uh, Zuni uh, tribesman doll that yes. she bought. And the phone rings. She answers. It's her bitch of a mom. And she's talking to her. And her mom's bitching her out, whatever. And, and through through the quote-unquote conversation on the phone, we get the exposition backstory. Of course. Now, we remarked because <clears throat> there were a few times when she was talking that she kind of stumbled on some words. And we remarked that we think she did this whole scene like ad lib. Yeah, because she didn't seem to like have any organized dialogue. No, it's like the, the guy said, "Here, just grab the phone and pretend you're having a conversation." Yeah, think of whatever; it's no big deal. Because she she was very and disorganized. Take about, and and take about four minutes to do it and bore the audience. Right. So she tells her mom <laughs> and bore the audience. That's the whole fucking I mean, movie. Sit down. She tells her mom that she's supposed to have a date with some dude, and it's his, her his birthday, and he's an anthropologist, so she bought him this. Uh, Zuni Treisman doll um, called He Who Kills. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her mom bitches her out about, about moving out and having a boyfriend and yada, yada, yada. And so she says, well, look, I'm going to take a shower and I'm going to go. So she hangs up. She's looking at the doll. She's checking it out, checking out the little sphere, checking out all the stuff and the little chain on it. And then looks at the thing and it says, you know, He Who Kills, blah, 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 bound yep. by the chain or some shit. She puts it down. Chain breaks off. Falls to the ground. She doesn't notice. Doesn't notice. She walks the fuck off. She goes to start it. the bathtub. Yep. Get ready to take a bath. She comes back. The doll's off the table. It's gone. But Wait the chain's there. Yep. Chain's there. And she starts looking around for it. 
poking around underneath there. It says, well, ouch, well, I found it. At yeah. least you're the tip of your spear anyway. Yeah, she got poked by the tip of a spear, which is not a metaphor, a euphemism. Uh, so then she's looking around. She's trying to figure out where it's at. And well, I can't blame the little guy. If I would have been in this movie, I would have tried to poke her with the tip of my spear. Too. Again, thing which pee pee. And <laughs> um, so while while she's trying to find it, she goes in the kitchen and she decides that she's gonna go ahead and put her TV dinner in the oven or whatever the fuck she does. She makes a fucking steak. Yeah. Oh, she gets a knife out, cuts steak open, throws it in the oven very angrily too. Yeah. Looking at her face, she looks like he's trying to kill the damn steak. I mean, she's grunting. So then she pissed off because I think she's mad at her mom. Yeah. And, you know, I think she was supposed to spend the night with a guy, and I don't think he, I think he canceled or some shit. Probably. So she angrily cooks this steak, throws it in the oven. And then she goes back to the couch to look for the Zuni doll. Yeah. That's when she gets poked the first time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then while she's looking, um, <clears throat> when she stands up and she's sitting on the back of the couch, all of a sudden she starts screaming. And it cuts down to <laughs> her ankle. The doll, the, the doll is is stabbing her in the ankle <laughs> with the steak knife with the that steak it ripped knife. off. The fucking... it, it snatched the snake steak knife right off from underneath her nose, and it's stabbing her in the ankles, it's like slashing and all this shit. And she's she's freaked out. She's screaming. So then she runs to the kitchen. Oh no, that's not right. So, yeah, that's right. Hang on. Yeah. Um... Oh, no, that's not right. Okay, so so she goes back to the couch. She can't find it. She gets stabbed um, the first time. And then she goes back to the kitchen, and the knife is missing. The knife is missing. So she goes back out uh, into the dining room and uh, living room to look for it. And as she's there, then she gets then she gets uh, stabbed in the legs with the by the doll. The doll yep. appears, starts stabbing her legs with the steak <laughs> knife that he stole. Um, then she starts to fight it. She, she, she runs down the hall into her room. Uh, tries to get on the phone to call. The whole time, this doll is like shoving the knife under the door yeah. and screaming. It's and, hilarious. Now, we also notice when she goes to dial the police, she dials like eight digits, but it's all the same. <laughs> same number. digit, It's yeah. a rotary dial phone, and her and her finger never changes position. It's like... No, it's one 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 one. And so, uh, as she's doing that, the Zuni doll has somehow jumped up onto the doorknob, opened the door. Yeah. Door swings open. This doll is hanging on the fucking door. It's awesome. Chilling. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. He jumps down, runs to her, begins to attack her again. <laughs> she throws him off, uh, jumps over the bed, runs out, runs into the bathroom, yep. closes the door. Once again, the knife goes underneath the door. Gotta love it. Yep. And then she proceeds to uh, clean herself off in the tub, and then she hatches a plan. Because he's trying to open the door, even though she locked it. Now, see, the thing is, he actually, what, she's sitting in there cleaning herself up, and this little motherfucker picks the damn lock with the he knife. He picks the lock with the knife, starts to open it. <laughs> so, because he's apparently a, pick, a lock picker now. So she grabs a towel, uh, and when he walk, when he, when he runs in, grabs him in the towel, and instead of wrapping the towel around and then and then smacking on the ground to break, break him, him or something yeah, yeah. she puts she, it in the tub she tries to drown the motherfucker and yeah. then she doesn't even finish the job no she runs she out she leaves his ass in the tub and what's funny is after she runs out she leaves the door open and you see that little motherfucker stand up yeah out of the, tub. the tub which is so fucking that is hilarious <laughs> <laughs> you see him stand up like, hey bitch yeah <laughs> It's so funny. He just he like pokes his head in his hand out he over says, the tub. Oh, he said, "Oh, that's your ass now." So he jumps out of the fucking tub and starts chasing her yet again. She runs into the bedroom, into her closet. She grabs a empty suitcase. Yeah, 
she she has the door closed and then she makes this plan as soon as she opens the door she opens it wide open the doll runs it runs right at her she traps it in the suitcase closes it up then then she the <laughs> this little son of a bitch is in there raising he's raising all kinds of hell throwing a fit and then you see the fucking steak knife come through the top of the suitcase right through the top and of the he thing. starts sawing it looked like a wily e. coyote doing it thing. did Sawing his way out of this fucking thing. And she runs to her door, but like there's some with her some problem with her lock and she can't unlock the top lock. So she's stuck. But stupid. She's locked herself in somehow, which is moronic. Right. For but one thing. Then the other stupid part is she when she can't get out and she sees a steak knife coming up through the fucking the suitcase, she goes over there and she tries to use her hands to like to grab, grab it the and blade. gets cut yet again. Because yeah. she's trying to grab a moving blade. Yeah. She, so that, with, that was dumb. Stupid as shit. So then she... uh It uh, actually gets a hole cut in the top, finally. Yes. He comes out. And sticks his fucking head out and starts... He's hollering and screaming. But he's dropped a knife at that point. He did drop the knife. So she picks it up. She starts stabbing the fucker in the head. I mean, starts fucking his By ass the way, up. He's I, screaming. I, I just want to say at this point, after seeing the doll, I yeah. in my head I had all these ideas for like crossovers that I wanted mm-hmm. to see. I wanted to see the Zuni doll versus Jobu from Major League. <laughs> I wanted to see the, see the Zuni doll versus uh, the cat from Cat's Eye. Oh, man. And then I wanted to see the Zuni doll versus all the characters from Puppet Masters. Oh, shit. Yeah, I want to see him versus all them fuckers and see who that wins. That would be awesome. Yeah, anyway, okay, that's neither here nor there. But uh, So then she runs to the kitchen, and then she's uh, he's chasing after her. But yeah, before, but before that happens, that stupid bitch had stabbed him into submission. He was well, inside right. the suitcase. Yeah. And... She fucking opens the suitcase to check on it. And what happens? Stupid. Instead of throwing it off course, the son of a bitch jumps out and latches onto her fucking neck. Starts chewing on her. Chewing on her. She's screaming, ah, and all this shit. So she hauls his ass to the kitchen, running mm-hmm. and screaming. This thing's chomping. I mean, just chewing on her neck the whole yeah. time. She pries that little fucker off and throws him in the oven with her steak. <laughs> so she can't eat her steak now. And closes the door. And this little fucker bursts into flames. Burns up. Burns the fuck up. But then she does so an- you think another stupid thing, which is... Opens the oven door. And what happens at that point? All of a sudden, she screams. She stares up. You're like, ah, what the fuck? And then... It cuts. Fades. Yep. You're like, what the hell happened? So next thing we get, she's in there, walking slowly. Of course, she looks a little bit different now. But we don't see her yet. We see the telephone off the hook. Yeah. We see her go to the phone. We just see her feet. She picks it up. She calls her mom. She's it says, sounds a little weird. Over, mom. And she says, I'm sorry. Come over. Let's let's talk about this. Yada yada yada. I'll see you soon. And then she turns around and gives this. I mean, I'm sorry. This, well, no. This... What, what happens is she goes to the door. <laughs> she goes to the door. Oh yeah. She pulls the lock off with with no problem. Just, just like, yanks it off. Like all of a sudden, superhuman strength. Uh oh, something's up. Turns around, goes back out to the entryway. Squats down in, in a squatting position, and you can tell she's got something in her mouth. You she's know, got you a huge, got, uh, what is it, like a big machete, old fucking like a machete, big, a giant machete or steak knife. But I don't know where the hell it came have, from. It looked like a machete. Why does she have a machete in a fucking I apartment? Know, I don't know, and that's what I wasn't thinking about because she assumes this sexy ass squatting killing position. It looks like she's taking a shit. That's not that's not sexy. Nah, she's didn't taking look a like dump. that to me. But anyway, she's grabbing a knife. So she's stabbing it. She's sitting <laughs> there and stabbing the, in the ground, just kind of, and then she starts to smile, and you see and she cuts that. Shit eating grin and you here, see the, uh, you the, see Zuni, the Zuni, teeth. Zuni teeth. She has Zuni teeth, and which implicates that the evil doll, evil evil spirit in the doll, has has transferred into her, basically. into her, and she's waiting for her mom to get there so she can fuck her mom up and fade to black. 
No pun intended. All pun intended. But you know what? We'll go ahead. <laughs> so that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the trilogy of terror. And, um, and I gotta say, from a a fan of Matheson's standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, I don't I don't know if I've read the stories that the first two were based on. I know I read the story the third one was based on. Story is, of course, as you always, the book is way better. Yeah. The story of the Zuni doll is terrifying in the book. Um, this was boring as fuck. <laughs> uh, but the good thing is that he has multiple other things out there that are just as good as the stories the Twilight Zone episodes yep. the Twilight Zone movie which has some of his stories uh, uh, Stir of Echoes What Dreams May Come um, I Am Legend the, the Smith one with the with the alternate ending and multiple other Twilight Zone episodes that he has stories on. So, so I'm gonna give it a pass on that one just for that reason. But there you go. What's your What's your review, James? My review is I book it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for um, all intents and purposes, you know, like I said, as a horror movie goes, it was lame, real super lame. The name is very cool, but it's like it's made for TV. Yeah, it looks like seventies TV. Oh yeah, it doesn't have any real effects. The blood effects in the last part were about all there was. There was no blood uh, in either of the first two sequences. A little poisoning, a little you know. Stuff it wasn't like even that. supernatural. Yeah, it was yeah. just eh. Was there human... was no horror, right. so to say. Right. Uh, there was a little bit of horror in the third part because there was some actual cutting going on, some bleeding, and a, uh, a thing biting her neck and all around. this shit. Yeah. Uh, so overall, her acting was good. The scripts were good. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the effects were poor, except for the Zuni doll. I mean, I'm sorry, the Zuni doll running around in the 70s, it's making that thing actually come to life like they did, not bad. I mean, I'm sure the hand puppet, whatever yeah. the fuck, but it yeah. was funny. It was well done. I got a lot of good laughs out of this movie. It said a lot of funny shit. I'm gonna go ahead and give this one a two turd on two my turds. scale, okay? Because I'm I'm going with the Karen Black fact. All right, <laughs> she made me enjoy this movie a lot. You're going number two. I'm gonna go two. You're gonna go two. All right, I'm gonna so go two with it. You're gonna go two because it made your little twelve year old PPR. <laughs> All right, I think this is the most we've ever talked about 12-year-old's pee-pee ever oh, on the show. Oh, Lord have mercy. So, uh, okay, two. So I am going to go, actually, with... Um, I'm going to go with a three. Okay. You know, I mean, this this movie gets a lot of love because it's a quote-unquote classic. Yeah. Uh, mostly because of the fact that you have one ca- one actress playing four different roles. Yes. Which is, which is uh, you know, un- unprecedented uh, and unheard of. But it's great. It's really cool. Yeah, she does a great Eddie job. Murphy. Right, but that was all in one movie. That's true. Yeah, this, I mean, it's, I'm granted, one movie. This is one movie, too. <laughs> but that was all in one cohesive movie. This yes. is in three different segments. That is true. So she's playing different characters all the way through. Yep. And whole different stories. So, um, I mean, it was great. She was great. She did a good job in it. Um, the, the like you said, the first two were boring as fuck. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of story to them. Uh, the third one had more story, had, like, actual structure, beginning, middle, end, than the other two did. Um, and then the Zuni doll was funny as shit. Oh my gosh, the funniest yeah. fucking thing ever. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go three just because. Um, I don't think there's a lot of rewatch factor in this, um, unless you grew up on it and it has a nostalgia factor. This is very true. This is very true. Because it was made for TV, I can see people having a deep nostalgia for it because they grew up watching it on TV when Absolutely. it came out. Yep. This is days before you know reruns and uh, they had reruns, but cable. I mean, and... my dad used to talk about this movie. Yeah. 
before internet and, and, and on-demand stuff, things like that. Yeah. So when something came on TV, you know, you knew about it in advance. You got a TV guide. You you, you set it and and on the TV guide, and you made sure you were there to watch it. Yep. And so that can, you know, that can definitely have some nostalgia factor for you. So that's the only reason why it gets three, not a four or five. Gotcha. It, I mean, it's not scary. The trilogy of terror is really only like. I don't know, 10 minutes of terror, really, in the whole movie. If it's even terror. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, the, it was almost comical yeah. when she was doing battle with the Zuni doll. Right, 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 right. You know, yeah, there was some blood, but it was almost comical because right. it just, it was funny. The noises he was making, her running around like an idiot, the knives under the door swiping around and shit. It was just comical. And she made a lot of, like, dumb mistakes that we, you know, even today, like, I mean, no, we're people like people in horror movies are not smart. That's like, why they die. First of all, it's a doll. Kick the motherfucker. That's right. Uh, second of all, you had it in a suitcase. You know, leave it in a suitcase. You stabbed it after it tried to get out. Leave it in a suitcase. Put a book on top of it. You know, set the motherfucker on fire. You know, which, which she did at some point. But it's like you, you know, it's a doll. Just you know, yeah. wrap it up in a sheet, smack the shit out of it, and you know, it shouldn't take that long to get rid of the doll. Nope. No. Uh, yeah. So that that's that's why I get to three. So. Uh, hey, fair enough. All right, James, so why don't you tell them where they can find us? All right. Well, to find our podcast, you can pretty much find us anywhere, but we are a member of the fourthhand.com network. Lots of good shows there, including our other project, State of Fear, so you can uh, find our other project there as well. Uh, We are on Facebook, of course, under What the Suck, and we are also on Instagram under What the Suck. That's right. And find us anywhere you can find podcasts. Podcasts everywhere, yeah. Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify. uh, Anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. CastBox, any of your favorites. Go, leave a review, rate us, please let us know what you think. We want to hear what you think. We love you guys, and we want to know what you guys think of us. Uh, So please do. I also want to give a quick little shout out to another podcast I just started listening to called Drink Drunk Dead. Yes. Um, Very cool podcast. It's a... uh, Young lady and her boyfriend who drink and talk about paranormal, which is awesome. Nice. Uh, they also uh, discuss personal encounter stories. So if you have one, send one in to her at drinkdrunkdeadpodcast at gmail, I think, or drinkdrunkdead at gmail. One of the two. You'll find it. Uh, but go check her out anywhere you can find it. Um, and it's cool because they, they, they each episode, they discuss what it is they're drinking first. Yep. So I think one, one they do whiskey, then one they do wine, then one they do beer. So... It's really cool. Uh, go check it out. Um, you can find anywhere you can find podcasts. So. Absolutely. So until next time, uh, man, I am Chris, and I will see you at the next Zuni shit fest. <laughs> and this is James. And if it ain't on what the suck, it ain't shit. <laughs>
Listening to a fourth hand joint. There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouthwatering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns, any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Switching to Geico is a good idea, especially when you consider everything. First off, Geico makes it easy to switch. They have licensed agents available 24-7, online, or over the phone. But if it's so easy, you might start thinking everything is easy, even big wave surfing. And it's not. It's actually quite difficult. Well, if you switch to GEICO, you could save hundreds on car insurance. And you could keep saving by bundling your motorcycle, boat, and RV, plus your home or renter's insurance. But saving money might lead you to make some questionable purchases, like a 20-foot feather boa. And do you know how hard it is to clean a 20-foot feather boa? Well, they do have an industry-leading mobile app you can use to pay your bill, file and manage a claim, or add a new driver. But when life gets a little easier, it makes you too confident. And you start calling everyone ace. You're better than that. Well, Geico has a 97% customer satisfaction rating and has been saving people money for 85 years. It's hard to beat that. But you're right. Switch to Geico. It's obviously a good idea.